0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five part episode on ethical culture. This five part podcast is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on managers ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit our podcast series sponsor Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over this five-part podcast series, we will look at what is an ethical culture and why does it matter. What are some of the factors that influence the culture of an organization? What is the role of the chief compliance officer in strengthening the ethical culture of an organization? how a company can assess its culture, and finally, reviews of ethical culture as part of an organizational ethics and compliance assessment. I'm joined by Vincent DeCiani, the founder and CEO of Affiliated Monitors, and Eric Feldman, the senior vice president at Affiliated Monitors. I know you will enjoy this five-part series and you will get quite a lot out of it.
1: This is Tom Fox.
0: This special five-part series on ethical culture is a special series of the Compliance Podcast Network. So this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and we are here for episode one with Eric Feldman. Uh, Today we are going to explore what is ethical culture and why does it matter? Eric, first of all, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me
1: today. My pleasure.
0: Eric, we've had a lot of conversations from some very high-ranking uh, Department of Justice officials and uh, f- officials at the Security and Exchange Commission talking about culture, talking about corporate culture. So, for instance, uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein talked at Compliance Week about the need for corporate. Uh, Uh, corporate culture. We had Charles Kane from the Securities and Exchange Commission talking about corporate culture. Uh, We had Jay Clayton, the commissioner of the Securities and Exchange Commission, talking about corporate culture. We typically don't have the number one at the SEC and the number two at the Justice Department talking about corporate culture. But that's something you've been talking about for quite some time. So I was wondering if we could just start with um, your, your views on why corporate culture matters.
1: Sure. Um, you know, I think to, to understand why government officials and enforcement are starting to talk more about culture, you've got to ask the question, what is it? And I'm a, an old career auditor, and I used to hear the term culture and think it was some kind of a social science uh, concept uh, that you couldn't measure. And so I didn't pay it much attention um, as I started doing the kind of work I do now, which is monitoring and going into companies and assessing uh, their ethics and compliance, it became pretty clear that culture is everything. Culture is, the way I look at it, a foundational internal control without which all your other controls are likely to be less effective. What that generally means is this. Culture is the way things really work within an organization, within a company. Um, you can have all kinds of rules and regulations and policies and procedures, but the the real behavior of employees and organizations throughout a company, that is culture, that that is the way things work. Uh, typically, it's reflective of the core values of the company, But that's only if the company spends the time and effort and know-how to operationalize those core values uh, throughout the organization. Eric, many of the people that
0: both you and I work with are multinational organizations. And um, as difficult as it may be to find one culture in the United States, it's going to be exponentially more difficult to have uh, one culture across an international organization, even if that organization has an English-only language policy. So how do you first identify the subcultures within uh, a single organization and then try to infuse um, some basic uh, or one basic uh, culture uh, in that organization?
1: Well, you, you can't force one um uniform culture throughout an entire organization because you're dealing with different inputs. Culture is made up of all the different people that work for that organization. Uh which means that it's going to differ uh by necessity based on population and geography. If you're dealing with a um even parts of a company in various cities in the United States will have different cultures, never mind uh operating In various parts of the world, Um, that's going to impact how people look at things, how they behave, how they view uh, the rules in their company and the need to comply. And that really is the linkage between culture and compliance is that it drives uh, ethical behavior. Um, Also, every employee that you hire, every uh, merger and acquisition that you might have that brings another culture into your organization has the tendency to change it and you want to have a change for the better not the worse you want to bring in a a culture that is positive um, a culture that is committed to integrity and ethics that's why m&a due diligence is so critical uh, because you don't want to dilute The culture of the organization. Um, Cultural systems, there are different kinds of cultural systems that impact a company, and a lot of it has to do with location, language, rituals. Uh, Heroes and role models are another informal mechanism for building a particular culture that is committed to doing the right thing. And although you have subcultures throughout an organization and throughout the world within your single company, the key is to have some overarching key themes of that culture being consistent with the core values, things like integrity, uh, ethical behavior, uh, serving your customers and stakeholders, um, speaking up. Having a speak-up culture is a critical aspect of having a strong ethical culture, but then you also have formal cultural systems and processes which also impact culture, things like your hiring process and who you hire, and how you do it, how you train people, what the performance management systems are like, and whether they're consistent with the culture and incentivizing the right kind of behavior. And do you hold people accountable for building that culture? Uh, interestingly, though, people always talk about tone at the top. That implies that there's a need to ensure the right kind of culture in the organization. The tone at the top is no longer enough. And kind of uh, uh, underscoring some of the enforcement chatter lately about Culture is a belief that tone at the top is not enough. You have to have tone at the top, mood in the middle, and buzz at the bottom of the organization. Because people in a company are influenced more greatly by their immediate managers in small groups than they are by a kind of a faceless CEO that might be 5,000 miles away.
0: Eric, how do you, um, we'll get into some of the assessments um, Affiliated Monitors does in a later uh, episode, but is it, when you go into a company, is it clear to you or is it uh, obvious when a company has not aligned the espoused va- uh, culture with the core values uh, at, uh, at the bottom of the organization?
1: Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty clear. And in fact, um, we, we've gotten so used to doing these kinds of assessments that it really doesn't take long for us to figure out that there is a disconnect, a, a misalignment between what the organization says uh, in its core values and what it does and what its employees think. And critical in that and We'll get into that, uh, later when we talk about assessment. It's very simple. Talk to the employees. And it is interesting to me how little C-suite leaders know about their organizations and their culture. They know what they like it to be. They know what they aspire it to be. Nobody wants a, a negative culture. No one wants an unethical culture. But they don't talk to their employees. And without talking to employees on a regular basis, you don't know how messages are being received and whether there are mixed messages coming from leaders, managers and supervisors throughout the company.
0: So, Eric, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time today, but I've been visiting with Eric and We've been taking an introduction into what is an ethical culture and why does it matter? Eric, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in my five-part exploration of ethical culture with Vin Deciani and Eric Feldman from Affiliated Monitors, who is the sponsor of this series. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode. This special five-part series on ethical culture is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.